0: This is your United States of America.
1: What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, now powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hami Media. On today's show, Rick and I are answering your questions. But before we get into those, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans, for the fans bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. We're talking creative. We're talking the business behind this crazy business that is professional wrestling. You can contact the show on Twitter at Pod. Find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined as always alongside my Huckleberry, RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that R to the B to the V.
2: And here in Southern Ohio, it's snowing, it's snowing, it's snowing. And old man, McMahon, well, his product, it's still blowing. But you know, we're, we're, we're not going to concentrate so much on the details of the ins and outs of his company right now hey we're we got some fan interaction today right
1: yep uh before we recorded our last episode uh i had put up a thread in the haming discussion group asking people what do you want to hear rick and i talk about and that's what today's show is going to be we've got some questions here we're going to answer them as best we can get through them as quick as we can and then uh we'll call it a day monday we'll be back in the locker room uh, without Big Ray, he's got the weekend off. Good for Big Ray. And Rick and I will be doing the news then for you on Monday. But today, it's basically an Ask Us Anything. Well, hey,
2: b- before we let them ask us anything, I got to ask you something, man. Breaking news. We're recording here on a Sunday or Saturday, Sunday. What day is it? Saturday.
1: Yeah, it's Saturday. Breaking this will be out man. tonight, probably.
2: Hey, how about those uh, that big Yankee deal?
1: Yeah, that's, Yankees. That's, that's the big buzz going on today. The Yankees uh, making a big deal, trying to become major players. I guess my question is, I what I really want is more pitching. I don't think scoring is necessarily our problem right now. You know, if you've got a player of
2: that caliber presented to you, you jump on that deal. And you guys are getting a hell of a deal right now, especially see how they see this market kind of pretty much blowing up here in the next couple of years.
1: Well, and it is only a three-year deal. Three years, $77 million, and we get $35 million back. I, I hate giving up Castro, though.
2: Man, man, I would say right now, I mean, the title of this story is The Empire Strikes Back. You guys have once again kind of established yourself as the Empire. This is a George move. Has it written all over it?
1: I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Last year's team was built on chemistry and rallied behind Joe, and now as Joe is gone, we're bringing in an analytics guy. We're bringing in another bat. I just I feel like we need more arms. I'm not I'm not sure that adding Juan Carlos Stanton to the lineup puts us over Houston in Game Seven. That's my concern. Uh, well, I, I guess you you've got you're right there. I know we've
2: got some great listeners, uh, some great friends of ours that are. They're right there with you. They're Yankee fans. Yeah, Powers, uh, I'm right looking the at you. The hole, so. yeah, uh, Aaron, <coughs> uh, I, I don't know how much Ben's into baseball. You know, every Big Ray? Oh, Big Ray's. A, oh, is he a Mets guy or a Yankee
1: guy? I, I, for some reason, I was thinking Big Ray is a Mets guy. You know what? He's going to
2: kick our ass. I know he's a Yankee guy. I think, we, we can't I think, throw him I think he's, he's a Mets
1: guy. I, th- yeah, I think he's a no, Mets man. guy.
2: You know what? Uh, that's like that's like the bratwurst
1: like Networth.
2: i was gonna say like network <laughs> I, I know our boy could put a couple of them down
1: you know funny enough we actually have questions from all of these individuals coming up on our show
2: all right man let's let's jump into it man i'm, I'm looking forward to this one it's, it's a lot different than what we've done in the past and i've, I've gone through these things a lot of great questions i think we have a lot of fun conversation going on yeah
1: there's some good questions here there's some really good questions here uh let, let's start things off with uh jeremy ellingsworth Uh, He wants to talk some woken Matt Hardy and he says, do you guys see Matt Hardy with his new gimmick becoming a mid-card champion or maybe a tag champion? Or do you think he's just going to be the new Bray Wyatt? I think this is interesting because we actually brought up on the show the other day that if they don't change Matt's booking, this is all for nothing. None of this matters.
2: You know, for me, for the time being, I wouldn't even consider Matt for any type of singles championship Right? You know, honestly, the priority needs, number one, is to get this whole Woken gimmick on the right track. And if you're going forward with Bray, I don't think it really needs any of that. You, this should be more about the character development and, re-estab- and both reestablishing Bray and then introducing this Hardy brand to the WWE universe.
1: Yeah, I, I don't see him as a mid-card champion because, I mean, let's face it, Roman Reigns is currently the Intercontinental champion. I don't see that changing anytime soon. And I, Brock Lesnar is the universal champion. I don't see that changing anytime soon. So I'm not exactly sure where Matt would even begin to fit in to a mid-card championship. As far as a tag team championship goes, I I see absolutely no reason that Woken Matt Hardy, and Brother Nero can't be tag team champions. I mean, the tag division's in shambles. I I won't rule that out in any way, shape, or form.
2: What I would love to see with this here is let's just focus on Matt and Bray for the time being. Uh, When does does Jeff come back? Do do we have a time frame on that? I
1: I have not heard anything about a... Potential return date for Jeff at this point. I know that Jeff's playing some musical shows, doing some acoustic sets, playing with his band. Uh, I did see... <clears throat> he did put up a Broken Nero tease on Twitter yesterday. Matt put up a, a picture that basically looks like Matt inside of a broken mirror. Jeff put up basically the same picture, kind of teasing the I, I Brother Nero that. thing.
2: Yeah, I did I saw the footage of that there. Now, you know, for me... I would hold off and I think the blow offer of this Wyatt Hardy thing has to come at WrestleMania. The perfect setting is kind of, is kind of down there in New Orleans. You kind of got that voodoo kind of, there's a magical thing about that city. Yeah. I I agree with all that. Perfect. Perfect atmosphere to do all that. in. Now, all depending from a couple months from now, how hot that gimmick still is. The woke. Can they, can they milk in the broken again? You know, how can, how, how far can they run with this thing at that time? Like you said, I would consider uh, Matt and Jeff possibly taking a tag team title run. But for the time being, you know, not until F- post WrestleMania would I even think about putting any kind of
1: belt on. And we're also working off the assumption this is going to be Matt opposite of Bray, right? We're we're not putting Matt and Bray together in a tag team. That that no, not doing right. That. I almost I hope
2: they do not really go that route because, I mean, that just reminds me of one of those, like, let's take the guys that we know are eventually going to feud. And to me, that just, that just downplays what your division is really all about.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like that idea, especially with the revival getting ready to come back. Let's just let Matt and Bray kind of do their own thing. I think that could be a hot program. Doesn't need a title involved in any way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah, I think that's a solid undercard WrestleMania match. I would just go with that. The
2: the biggest thing to me there is, I know people were kind of popping over it, but let's face it, people, the direction they're going right now, it is lowest common denominator booking. What happened on YouTube, the two videos we've seen from each Hardy completely blow away everything that we saw on Monday that's getting people so excited.
1: Yeah, it's kind of intriguing as far as, because there was that report that came out the other day, I'm not sure how much I believe it, that Vince is gonna give Matt creative control to do whatever he wants to do with this character. And I'm I'm not sure how much I actually believe that, but I if that is the case, awesome. Go with it. But I, yeah, I you,
2: you hope that's true, but there's not a lot to really base that belief behind. Maybe you know, maybe he told him that, but everything still goes through the boss.
1: Everything still goes through the McMahon filter, of course. Uh, let's go on to Kevin Panetta. I'm sorry if I mispronounce any of your names, by the way. I'm terrible about pronunciations.
2: Hey, you know what? This is why I was letting you do this show with all the names. Cause it amazes me how, you know, everything from New Japan. There's some of those. I don't even want to I try to attempt.
1: I think that's going to be a special episode for Wrestle Kingdom. I'm, I'm going to have Rick pronounce all the names for all the cards. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe we do like a, like a group chat on that one. And we do like a spelling bee.
1: Use this as a shameless plug. I will be running a live discussion in the Hameen Media Discussion Group for Wrestle Kingdom 12. If anybody cares to join us, if anybody is awake at 3.30 in the morning, central time. Uh, Kevin Panetta wants to know, what do we think of the Riot Squad doing the same exact thing as Absolution, otherwise known as the harem? And do you agree that these girls don't have chemistry with each other yet? And I asked him in follow-up, he was specifically talking about absolution. He does not feel that Paige has any chemistry with Mandy Rose or Sonia Deville. Would you agree with that or do you see it differently?
2: I think of the two sides that absolution on a raw, they seem to be clicking a little better than what we're seeing with the Riot Squad.
1: They're they're clicking more as performers or they're clicking more as far as chemistry inside of the group.
2: I would actually say on both cases. Uh, I I actually, I believe with absolution, they all kind of know the defined roles. Um, Mandy's a little bit of a wild card there. She is. Yes, she is that sex symbol. She's the golden one, but she is, she's presenting herself in a manner where you have to fear her a little bit. She's just not that, your run-of-the-mill pretty face. She's going to come to hurt you, and she's been pretty. They've been presenting her pretty well. I mean, she she doesn't look like one of the, you know, like an Eva Marie. She's she's got that build. She's right out there. Uh, then you know, Deville is your ass kicker. She's that red. She's kind of she's got that red to her. She's the blood. She's coming for the blood. And then, of course, we got Paige, who has the star, established star power that you're supposed to get behind. She is the leader there. Now, on the other side of that, I think Ruby kind of knows her role. She's just professional through and through. I think the other two are lost, and I especially feel so bad for Logan here. I mean, what they got with her country country bumpkin act is not getting on at all. And especially if you know anything about her background with Crazy Mary, where you can actually get into that character, she is lost right now.
1: Yeah, Sarah Logan is definitely the one that... It's like, oh, my God, somebody please give her a character something that she can really get into. Uh, as it looks right now, I think Ruby is a star. Paige is obviously a star. And if there's going to be another one that comes out of it, it's going to be Mandy Rose.
2: Well, I think after all this is said and done, Mandy's going Mandy's to be the one that gets the rocket put on. I said on her,
1: not in The one that's still incredibly confusing to me is Sonya Deville, especially with everything that we're hearing about Rousey now. And with Baszler getting ready to make her NXT debut,
2: that that will be tricky with her. It, she's kind of in that real touchy situation where, well, she could be very disposable or she could disappear. while they run the course with the MMA horseman and then re, and have her reemerge? She is in a she is in a very weird situation right now. Yeah, but I, I feel back back like it, it's
1: very much earn your keep and earn it now.
2: Okay, I couldn't remember. There's two parts that I can't remember, and I know, I know you know them because you're the one that told me about it. Uh, going back, it was an SI or ESPN interview where one of the ladies was talking about how they found out that this was even coming to fruition, and it happened just hours before the show.
1: That was ESPN, and it was an interview. that They interviewed all five of the new rookie ladies, but that quote came from Sonia Deville. Okay, so what really gets
2: me here is is how, how can these girls feel really comfortable? And especially with the Riot Squad, how can any of them feel comfortable when it seems like this whole thing was put together on a fly?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's kind of you know the same argument that I've had with Jersey Mike. Because he all he wants to do is talk about this absolution and Riot Squad angle. And it's like, dude, we have talked about this more than WWE Creative has. They are just not putting any effort into it. Otherwise, they would you would you you would very clearly see where they were going here. Have you ever actually spoken with Jersey Mike? No, I've never spoken with Jersey Mike.
2: Dude, he, I thought it was Big Ray ripping me. I had a phone conversation with him the other day. He wants to talk about something, and I was beyond sitting there wanting the text back and forth. So I said, "You know what, brother? Let me just give you a call. We'll talk about it." Somehow, I thought, I don't know, in my mind at the time that this whole like. Big, this is like Big Ray's alter online alter ego or something. Man, they both got some of the best voices I've ever heard.
1: Well, here's what we got to do. We need to do a special episode where we get Jersey Mike on the show. And we'll ask Jersey Mike a series of questions. And then on the locker room, we'll ask those same questions to Big Ray. And see, number one, Man, if no, they I, sound I, the same. I, and number I'm two, if their the answers only, are the same.
2: I'm thinking the only way to solve this is I have to drive
1: to the east coast and actually see these two in the same place jay and silent bob style are you yeah, username? I, calling these guys out for summer oh <laughs> watch no, out brooklyn i'm think,
2: thinking about those lines and that scene right there is one of the like one of the best scenes ever
1: <laughs> If you have not never seen jay and silent bob strike back do yourself a favor this weekend go check that flick out uh, let's go to our boy, Aaron Stronsky. The genetic milkshake, another New Yorker. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy with his question this week. I'm very happy with his question this oh, week. Oh,
2: you know what? As I was going down his question list, you knew I, I had to stop here for a minute because how long have I been putting this thing off?
1: Um, about six weeks now.
2: Okay. Uh, just for Eric, just for the genetic, the genetic milkshake, I have some answers.
1: Well, let's, let's run down Aaron's question here and then we'll get Rick's response. We're getting closer and closer to the rumble and WrestleMania season. Rumble winner predictions, surprise entrant predictions, women's rumble. Yes or no. If yes, the winner prediction, WrestleMania, early guess on WrestleMania match cards and what needs to happen between now and then with stories and characters. Number one, I mean, I'm not going to lay out six months worth of creative on, on, on a Saturday show. I, that, yeah, we, I, we, we could do, we, we, I'm, I'm sure at some point coming up here, we will do a long form episode of where we see WrestleMania going and how we get there. But it's very much too early for that. Let's keep in mind, guys, we're still like almost half a year away from WrestleMania. I know we're all acting like it's right around the corner here, but it's still like five months.
2: Hey, they haven't even really started gearing up for it yet, so...
1: Here's my WrestleMania prediction. Roman Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar.
2: All right, let's have a little fun with this conversation, though. Let's have a little fun, because uh, I, I don't know, You know, maybe some people missed a few episodes that we've had. We've had some good ideas about this, I think we're going to dive into them, but... Uh...
1: But, Rick, Aaron wants to know, who's going to win the Royal Rumble?
2: All right, I, I have... It, it, you have been on me for weeks, months about this. I got two names for you, and I can go either way. Maybe you can help me talk through these. All right. Who, uh, who I do you got number
1: with- one? you who, uh, no, your number one most it, likely no to order. win the Rumble.
2: Uh, I do have Nakamura.
1: I agree. He is my number one. Um, I think Shinsuke wins the Rumble and challenges AJ Styles at WrestleMania.
2: It, and I think I kind of like what they're going here. It was kind of predictable when nakamura became randy orton uh tag team partner for the clash uh, but i think you can start telling an interesting story where maybe those two are the final there, two there's a respect but they're at odds and you can play into randy trying to go back to back
1: i like that i like i like a heel randy orton versus a babyface shinsuke for number one contendership between january and wrestlemania
2: yeah, you know, where they're both trying to fight for that thing. Yep. I like that. Uh, my other choice, my other choice, in, and of course, in each of these situations, scenarios that I have going on, uh, they would go on to face AJ at WrestleMania. Um, my other choice that I would love to talk about to get some reason behind it. Hey, they, they post these questions to us. So we want to kick it back to them, you know, get their thoughts on our takes. Uh, but Kevin Owens.
1: Kevin Owens is a good one. That is a good one.
2: Those those would be the only two in my conversation.
1: Um, so here, here's how I would do it. I would have, um, at Clash of Champions, Nakamura and Orton win. Shane fires Owens and Zayn. Mm. The number 30 entrant comes out, regardless of whoever it is, out of nowhere. Owens jumps him, whips his ass, and takes his spot in the Rumble and wins it.
2: All right, so then how does, who gave him his job back? I mean, how does that eventually come out?
1: You got to figure that out. That's, that's the storyline that plays out. But Owens comes out as your number one contender out of the Rumble, even though it's a match he was never supposed to be in. But, I mean, he's got to eliminate probably six, seven guys in order for that story to work.
2: Uh, which, which, do you think there could be any pop? in some sort of duo with the El Generico theme under mask? Uh,
1: I actually told Jersey Mike that uh, for the Around the Booker edition, I was actually going to bust that out to where they get fired, and then the next Tuesday on SmackDown, Brian introduces this new tag team that he has brought in, and they are known as the Generico brothers. And you have Owens and Zayn come out under masks and play that storyline out.
2: Well, and you, what you really could do there, would be fun. And I know this would kind of be like an insider for people that have known him. You could explain where El Erko had actually been like on the hunt for his long-lost brother.
1: Right. And and Jersey Mike goes, well, wouldn't Shane just make them take off their masks and prove that it's not, you know, Zane and Owens? And I was like, you're going to ask a luchador to remove his mask? How fucking disrespectful are you? That's you like can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that. No. You know, But, I mean, it has to be blatant that it's, you know, oh insane. you know, like Mr. But...
2: America, you know. Right. Come on. I mean, that's part of the fun, the Canadian kid or however you want to do that.
1: Well, I would, I would make sure that no matter what, they speak in broken Spanish and only broken Spanish, which is hilarious because that was Generico's gimmick. And number two, they have to be announced from Tijuana, Mexico.
2: Okay. Uh, and then as a side story, to, under, you know, to, do, to do the undercover work, to do the investigation, to figure out really who's under these masks, there's only one police squad
1: you call, right? You have to have the police investigate. You have it, to it, have the police. There's only two, right? There's only t- two detectives that are up to the challenge.
2: Wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo.
1: <laughs> yes. Fashion police versus Zane and Owens under masks.
2: It's like a little side story. Yeah.
1: If you need six weeks of comedy creative on your show, that's actually going to lead to something. Absolutely. And it would be gold. Well, and you know, we always talk about building, you know, multi-layered stories.
2: I mean, this could be like a side story into the whole Shane versus these two, or, you know, these two to their bigger plan or whatever.
1: Do you have any dark horses that you could see winning the rumble? somebody just out of left field that would, people would be like, really? When we get to our
2: WrestleMania thing, I do have some people, I, you know, we do have some names reemerging, but I think at the rumble, that rumble, you know, that's like a payoff for everything you did the previous year. Uh, and I think these two are the most deserving of that. So I, I wouldn't even stretch a dark horse right now.
1: Dolph Ziggler's my dark horse I'm calling that now in December.
2: I, he, you know, he did pop in my mind at one point when I was running down names with come on, man, it ain't gonna work.
1: Uh any surprise entrance that you could potentially see in the rumble. Um I don't know if this would necessarily be a surprise. I would love to see Killian Dane in the Rumble.
2: Oh, I think that'd be good. Uh, I
1: think inside the
2: company, I think you need to highlight your UK champion. I think Pete Dunne would be great in there. Yeah, Pete. Uh, especially a like good one, one of your early guys, maybe like an edge. You know, like the one of that treasured three spot where that you really get that big pop, and he comes in and makes a great run, uh, really showcases that you're
1: UK champion. Where is the rumble at? Uh, it's in Philadelphia. Phil, okay. So if you really want to please the N D smart marks, if you want to get an epic level pop, Adam Cole's the one that you got to put in, right? Uh, I did have
2: on my short list whoever the NXT champion is. Uh, I, I just don't know if Cole's ready for that. There,
1: I just think uh, that I think that Philly crowd with the Adam Cole baby chant would make it memorable, even if Cole's not necessarily important to the Rumble match because he's a little guy you could throw him out easy, but he's going to give you one hell of a pop.
2: Well, and it's exposure too for your NXT brand. Yep, absolutely. And that's kind of what I was thinking here with Dunn. Like, he doesn't have to do anything really significant. You know, maybe not a lot of illuminations, but let him go 20 minutes. Uh, Let him go in there early where you don't have the ring filled up where he can show his moveset a little bit.
1: Would have been a great spot for Drew McIntyre if he wasn't hurt. Oh, perfect for him. Uh, Then outside people, uh, I thought EC3. Ooh, that's a good one. Bobby Lashley. James Storm.
2: Well, I, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold Lashley for anything because we've got some plans for him later. Oh gosh! Gotcha. I, I was gonna hold off on him, uh, but then, then I thought for kind of that nostalgia pop. I don't know if it works in today's WWE, but can you imagine that place and He's coming through the crowd, the Sandman.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, my my obvious nostalgia pop would have been RVD before that news report about him came out the other Who? day rob van dam yeah you said it wrong rv said me no, I, I said i'm not free that weekend no i'm, I'm pretty sure i said rvd <laughs> not rvd you motherfucker <laughs> trying to fuck with me um but then that report came out just recently that due to a concussion issue they won't let him wrestle for the wwe but to me that would have been the obvious one um other nostalgia pops. Taz is a good one. Um, I know that they've reached out and to actually, him.
2: Actually, he's been teasing that a little bit.
1: Otherwise, man, that, that, the Ruthless Aggression era doesn't have nearly the legends to pull from that the Attitude Era did. And now those Attitude Era guys are getting kind of old.
2: Yeah, I don't really think now, you know, you just kind of get that one, maybe that one legendary pop in and you you, maybe you do introduce more to give the rub to uh, the the NXT guys.
1: I don't see anybody from New Japan at this point. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's really big on the indie scene that I could see them bringing in it.
2: And you know, and you can make a stretch with this crowd in Philly because they're going to recognize.
1: Yeah, cuz it's a very very smart crowd. And being a Philly right. crowd, I feel like you have to bring in an ECW legend. Tommy Dreamer maybe. Uh but, you know what's, what's his
2: commitments with We've we've seen him like the last time they were there, though, didn't we?
1: Um I'm
2: not sure. Or was that when just when uh, Bubba came out?
1: That might have just been like... when Bubba came out.
2: Okay. Um I don't, you know, even up. Maybe you just bring the Dudleys. They, they could go a couple different ways there.
1: Well, yeah, because Devon's still on payroll. Yeah, but I don't think he garners the same you reaction. Got it. Not especially not without Bubba.
2: Right, and and that would have to be some kind of special spot. You know, maybe they get involved with a tag match because you can't just run two guys. Or maybe they just go into do a table, and freaking leave. But we've just seen that. You know, I I don't think that pop would be there.
1: Uh, women's Rumble, yes or no? I'm leaning towards yes, and my winner is Asuka,
2: obviously. I have the same, same thing. I know there's, there's been that tease out there between, for an Elimination Chamber and or a Rumble. I think the Rumble's the, the right way to go. It's the more established. Uh, to me, it, it's more credible. It, it means more to the so-called Women's Revolution to go that route instead of just jumping on uh, a, a cheesy gimmick cage match. Uh, and I'm also going to go with Oscar.
1: Uh, if you wanted to bring in any legends, I think the obvious one is Trish Stratus. Well, yeah, I, I had the
2: idea. I know you're completely against it, but I would launch the whole conversation about this women's rumble match with with Lita and Trish being number one and two, not the entrance, but the first announce.
1: Anybody else that you like? Would you? That's not where I would debut Rousey, in any way, shape, or form. Baszler, no, nope. maybe.
2: I would maybe have Baszler come in. I would probably kick off. Not to get too hard, I think our WrestleMania things come up next, right? Yeah. All right, so I would probably really start my horsewoman versus horsewomen here have Baszler come
1: out water. and eliminate like you know Sasha, Bailey, Becky.
2: Oh, I like that. Maybe somebody finally takes her, four, she gets like three of the four before maybe like Charlotte starts chopping her down.
1: Well, I don't assume uh, Charlotte will be in the match, being the women's champion. You would have somebody like Nia yes, Jax take you are
2: you, you are probably right. Uh, you know what? What if they're... I, I don't know if this makes them too much of a heel off the bat. Oh, man. I'm just trying to think. You know, maybe you come down to, uh, to one of the... To me, the, to me. there's only one women, and, and that belongs in wrestling. That's where the tradition's at. Uh, so, anyway, our, our wrestling version, maybe there's like one of those double spillovers after the other eliminations, and you have the other horsewomen at ringside, and we get some kind of little brawl or scuffle.
1: Is there anybody outside of Baszler that you would bring in and debut on the main roster immediately?
2: I don't know about hanging around. I I would wait to see kind of reactions. over. But I would have five NXT girls in this thing.
1: I don't know if I would necessarily have five NXT girls. I think this would be a great place to debut Toni Storm. I would put her directly onto the main roster. I wouldn't even send her through NXT. Um, I think this is a great spot for Mercedes Martinez. Send her straight up to the main roster if you're looking to to bolster the women's division a little bit. I guess those are probably my my first two thoughts as far as outside of the company at this point, because I don't, I know Martinez has done some NXT spots, but she's not under contract.
2: I definitely. Well, you know, just to kind of wrap up this, this women's rebel talk. I mean, I hope they, me and you have always stressed this. They need to, they need to treat this with the utmost respect. They need to make this important, make it feel special. Something you're going to remember forever. I hope they just don't end up like bringing back Ellsworth or something like this to do a run in during this thing.
1: Oh God, no! Yeah, we don't need that. Don't need that. uh Alundra, Alundra blaze. If you're looking for has to be treated
2: with uh, the level.
1: Alundra blaze. If you're looking for a legend, I think that's a good oh, I think one.
2: That, I think that that would be great. That would be amazing.
1: Uh, WrestleMania early match card guess. I'm going with Nakamura and Styles. I'm going with Reigns and Lesnar. Beyond that, I have no freaking idea. Well, I threw I threw
2: I, I kind of took it in a different direction, just not like the guess on what we're going to get there. I just want to pitch some some other matches. Some of these seem pretty obvious, but I just want to throw some ideas out there. Uh, I think it should be the blow off for Wyatt versus Hardy. Something very special at WrestleMania.
1: Can see that. Absolutely.
2: Uh, I can also see this match happening, and, and and I know there's there might not be a ton of interest in this right now, but it's one of those things that you know what you started you started the ride, see it through, stick with it. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Jason Jordan.
1: Okay, then then what is the Triple H match?
2: Uh, I have I am going to go with what's kind of rumored out there: Triple H versus Braun.
1: Triple H versus uh, I Braun. do agree with.
2: Uh, I do agree with you with the WWE Championship. Uh, Styles versus Nakamura or as I kind of pitched uh, for my winner Kevin Owens or oh fuck maybe we make it a triple threat. Okay. Um, my big my big main event. This is working. It's kind of tricky uh, and anyone's listening to, to last week's episode. They know where we were kind of pitching here for our WrestleMania main event. So at this point I would set up uh, Ambrose and Rollins. Versus Gallows and Anderson, and that's also going to tie into Roman versus Finn Balor. It's a Shield versus Club kind of dynamic that we're that we're going to have going on. Uh, and and I really I really really like the Roman versus Balor because it man you talk about really dividing your crowd, really setting up some great rivalries just amongst the fans. You know who are you really backing? Uh, but, of course, on that, they're going to have to immediately kick off this, these holiday episodes with rebuilding. It's it's the year of the Bullet Club in WWE. Uh, our, our big main event you and I discussed that I really, really like is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley with Conor McGregor as a guest referee.
1: What if you have Lashley win the Rumble? I was
2: going, I started thinking about that. Uh, it, it is, as I said earlier, you know, to me, that's, that's kind of a payoff for all your hard work over that previous year. I, I'm not so big on him just coming right in and winning that. Cause you, cause you also have to worry about that possible backlash of kind of like what happened to Batista.
1: I think anybody not named Roman Reigns is going to be cheered.
2: I, I feel you on that.
1: That's uh, just my personal my, opinion. My
2: thought, my thought, how to set that up was that you have Lashley kind of show up and enter the chamber. So he has to go through five other amazing competitors and, you know, what they pitch is his hellacious match. Uh, you know, that, that reestablishes him. You know, older fans like us, yeah, we know what he's about. You know, and then smart fans that also know his his background. But if he has to survive this cage match like this, this confirms him as a legit contender in the minds of just your casual casual and your younger fans or along those lines. So he can win the chamber, then you start that huge build, and the only man on the planet that is seen fit that can control this thing becomes McGregor.
1: I like it. I could see that absolutely. Uh, and I do have a big twist here.
2: Uh, you know, everyone's talking about if Daniel Bryan can come back and wrestle. You know, you've got all these rumors that it's him and Shane. Uh, once again, I want to you know reference something that was brought up by a. a a contributing member, uh, a, a all-star, a highlight of the Hameen media group, uh, Mr. Stevie Richards. You know, one of the, worst, the last people you want to be working with, especially when you're dealing with concussion issues, is Shane McMahon. So I would twist it somehow. I would revisit The Miz versus Daniel Bryan if that match could go down at WrestleMania.
1: I like that. I would do Hunter versus Shane. That's my WrestleMania match.
2: I thought about that, but then I wasn't sure what the hell to do with Braun. And I just don't want him to be left out again. Maybe Braun versus Cena. But then I thought, you know, Cena just has just given this freaking great rub to, to Roman. Is it really going to be that effective if that's the next big feud? And you know what I'm saying?
1: Well, let's... It, it almost... It, we both agree John Cena is going to be at WrestleMania, right? And I wasn't really sure what to do with him either. If John Cena is going to be at WrestleMania... You have to have a John Cena level match for him. What is that match at this point?
2: I, I could see Braun.
1: I could uh, see I, Braun. I just don't,
2: but it just seems to me, you know, if you really look at it, it's like, all right, Roman already did that. So are you just going to keep establish, establishing to us that Braun is just
1: second to Roman? I'm going back to what I've been saying for months. I think the match is Undertaker versus John Cena at WrestleMania.
2: That was going to be my next question to you. You know, if if Cena says, yeah, I'm ready to go, that's your match, right? Yeah. Or Undertaker says that.
1: Yeah. And I I think if Undertaker's coming back, that's the only match he can have. And I Uh, think Cena's the only guy that I trust in the ring with Undertaker.
2: I would agree with that. Um, And you know that really kind of, it doesn't really stick in the crawl of a lot of your smart fans that damn Roman got to do this. Give someone that we kind of respect.
1: And the seeds were planted for it months ago when Cena and Roman were going at it and Cena made the comment about how I'm not some 60 year old with a bad hip.
2: Well, this this kind of gives us a nice transition here um, because our next question
1: right yeah our next question comes from mr james James Powers. powers uh hall of fame predictions for this year if undertaker is not going to wrestle at wrestlemania unquestionably he goes into the hall of fame he goes in this year and because it is the undertaker i put nobody else into the hall of fame this year i devote the entire ceremony to him
2: That's an interesting idea, my friend. I I could get down with that.
1: I mean, it's The Undertaker. I mean, I understand people want to talk about the Babe Ruth of WWE. It's The Undertaker. Without any question, when you talk about the greatest WWE superstar of all time, it's The Undertaker. Hogan, Hogan, you can put in there, but it's The Undertaker.
2: And even you know, and I people were like, "Well, he wasn't there his whole career." But that's fine. The Undertaker was there,
1: yeah, his for entire, the entire career. Creation. He stuck it out through the good times and the bad times. And I, whoever would have thought that that gimmick would become one of the most iconic individuals in the history. And,
2: and, and you know, it's it's also you know, it's not like a a Shawn Michaels where you've had there's been like bad feelings, ill will between the sides. All right. Like you, you, you always just heard about the guy that watched the yard who was just a a true professional.
1: And what I would do is rather than have one person and duck the Undertaker, I want to hear from Kane. I want to hear from Austin. I want to hear from Vince and just have all these presenters just for Undertaker. If Undertaker does not go in this year because, and that's only because he's wrestling this year then the first person that I am putting in this year is the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith.
2: Now, see, on my undercard here, you know, I, I had just Taker. Um, I had non-wrestling personalities, Jim Johnson and Mr. Bill Apter.
1: Those are both great ones, too. Absolutely. And,
2: and I think this would be like a cool way to introduce, you know, everyone's always, oh, the celebrities get, well, people, there is a celebrity wing. It's not like they're comparing Drew Carey to, to Hulk Hogan. It's just a way to to pay tribute to your little pub and say, hey, you know what? Thank you for reaching over to our form of entertainment. Thank you for being a part of this. We appreciate it.
1: If they do not clear him, could you see WWE putting Daniel Bryan into the Hall of Fame next year?
2: If they cannot clear him?
1: If they refuse to clear him? Knowing that he's going to leave the company in September? I, I
2: know. You know, to me... I think, I don't think they do.
1: I'm very interested because I think that's one to, to talk about as well. If they're not going to clear him because well, Daniel Bryan is absolutely a hall of famer.
2: Okay. You, you think that now, but we all know, you know, it, it, it does come down to business with the WWE hall of fame.
1: Agreed. But I mean, and, and there is precedent. There is precedent for this because they put edge in in about the same amount of time.
2: Okay. But they knew edge was actually done. Right. Now, you, now you're going to throw a Hall of Fame tag on Daniel Bryan, damn well knowing he's going to go out there and wrestle again. You're going to give him, you're going to put that on
1: his resume? That's why, that's why it becomes so interesting.
2: I, I think if they can't clear him, you don't see him go in this year unless he signs a, an extended, like a Legends or a Goodwill Ambassador deal. Well, that's what I'm saying. Don't... Could this
1: be part of the deal where they're like, Brian, we're not going to clear you to wrestle, but here's what we will do. We'll pay you this amount of money will put you I don't think he would into re-up. the Hall of Fame. You, you don't think he would?
2: I don't think he would. I think in everything in his mind, he knows what wrestling is. I don't think he probably overly values that Hall of Fame right now. He wants to go back out and show that he can wrestle. I don't know, man.
1: I, I, I think the amount of money that number one Vince already pays to Daniel Bryan, plus the amount of money that he would lose if Daniel Bryan leaves the company... That's how much money you offer Daniel Bryan and you say, we are going to make you a main character on SmackDown for the next five years and we'll put you into the Hall of Fame this year as the headlining act and try to make him a deal he can't refuse just to stay.
2: I I can't fully speak to what he believes there, but everything that that every inkling enemy that that wants to try to figure out what Daniel Bryan is about will probably pass on that to go out and wrestle again.
1: I understand that, but there's also a little bit of a difference now where Brian is a father, Brian is a husband, and I think for the right amount of money, Bree might convince him, you know, maybe this is the smarter deal.
2: I guess time will tell, my friend. The only, thing, the only ones that know are the uh, Danielson family themselves.
1: Our partner in crime on the locker room, Mr. Big Ray Hernandez. Hey, hey,
2: the buck of the mess is the man with the plan, Big Ray to stay.
1: Uh, he wants to know what we think on Cyrus joining the Impact Wrestling front office. Now, this feels like a loaded and baited question to me. <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't ahead. know. I don't know because I'm very intrigued at this point. Uh, I, I, I think Don Callis has a great mind for the wrestling business. I think that he is absolutely qualified for this position, and I have the utmost faith that he will do things the right way. However, the first things that I'm hearing about when it comes to Don Callis joining Impact Wrestling is that Don Callis is starting to try to form a relationship between New Japan Wrestling and Ring of Honor to go with Impact and NOAA and AAA, and I just, I don't see it. The first thing Impact Wrestling needs to do is get their own goddamn house in order so that a company like New Japan or Ring of Honor wants to partner With Impact Wrestling, because at this point, the Impact Wrestling name is a very, very damaged brand. Rebuild your own shit. Don't go through three different managements in the next year. Rebuild yourselves, and we'll talk then. But right now, Impact needs to get their own shit together rather than worrying about bringing in other companies that's just going to become a clusterfuck. My initial thought here was Impact Wrestling. Tammy Linsich, whose turn
2: is it next? Yeah. Who, who's going to jump on? Right. Uh, you know, like you said, man, tremendous mind. He it, it, Mine is, you know, I wouldn't read so much into it. You know, that, that might be just one of those plans like, hey, man, I have this work and the relationship with them. This could help us grow. They want to grow here in Western society. I wouldn't invest too much in there. My main concern is you've seen this flip-flop, this turnover so much. What is your real support system? Yeah. I mean, I, what is your foundation to work with? Are, are you being set up for true success or are they just throwing shit at the wall and hoping that, that you stick?
1: Right. you know. And I'm, I'm looking at this thing and it's like, okay, let's think about this like it was three other companies, okay? So you have Microsoft and you have Apple, right? Both strong, thriving companies. And all of a sudden, AOL calls you up and says, hey, we want you to be our business partner. Why in the world would Microsoft or Apple even pick up the phone and talk to them? It makes no sense for what is Ring of Honor or New Japan going to get out of a working business deal with Impact, who already has working business deals with companies that are their rivals like NOAA.
2: Well, I think that's really what you, you have to, first of all, you have to get out of those other relationships, terminate those. I think and that's why I'm saying I'm not really convinced here. I think it's just him trying to say, hey, man, let's grow, let's get on, let's tie in here with what Ring of Honor's got going on with these guys. Why can't we get some of our talent highlighted there? Why can't they do it here? To me, this just seems like surface talk. Yeah, first there's a, there's things first,
1: a, I want to know how you're going to book Braxton Sutter for the next six months. I'm far more concerned well, with that this. than working out a relationship with New Japan. Well, who's more intriguing? Do you
2: think they would put... Um, damn it, why do I always forget his name? You're the, the champ over there. Okada? At Impact. No, at oh, Impact. I know Okada. Eli Drake, dummy. Eli yeah. Drake. Me, it, I, if Ray was here with us, he would be slamming me with the dummy button. I, I just every week, I forget his name. I know it's great talent and all that. It just he doesn't seem on the par of the other world champions to me.
1: He's so stone cold, like 25 years ago in ECW well, like he's, he's waiting for that big breakout moment, you yes. know? So, so like, could you imagine a world where the hype, if you took out Cody
2: in his new, uh, wrestle kingdom match and slid in the impact champion, how different the effect would be. That wow. Feeling? Yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah exactly you know it's get your own shit in order first you know yes there's there's nothing that you can offer to a company like ring of honor or new japan right now impact needs to just worry about impact and reinventing itself or inventing itself yeah worry
2: about worry about getting your own house in line before expanding outward
1: um I'm going to skip ahead a couple of questions because I want to get to this one. Um, Ralph Page uh, actually sent us an email question. It's the first time that we've gotten an email that wasn't, like, business-related. I was very, very happy about that. And his question was, who played the outro song on the podcast today? Well, we use the same outro song on every episode and the name of the song is "Bad Guy," and it's by my old band, Left for Dead, from Peoria, Illinois, off of our album, *The Maniacal Hour*. Here's another song off of *The Maniacal Hour*. It's called "Before the Madness."
2: Little plug here again. I'm at Babe Cafe with my other favorite market, Vinny Camarco Just set me up
1: with a, uh,
2: a delicious Jagermeister. Vinny, pop in here and say hello.
1: Hey, Vinny. There we are.
2: I like guys named Vinny. Yes. Vinny is a man, man. He, he's my main man, man. Alright, uh, you smoke, you uh you smoke a toke and I will drain uh, uh, the vein. We'll be back here in five. Sounds good, boss. Alright. It's a cause of nature
0: that keeps us getting now. Who kills a Stop the anger, stop the depression.
1: So that was my old band, Left For Dead, off our album The Maniacal Hour. I'd love to tell you where to get it, but I don't think you can anymore. If you want a copy of it, just email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com and maybe I'll send it to you. If you keep reminding me because I'm kind of a slacker like that. Rick, you ready to jump back in for our last set of questions here? Let's do it, sir. Hey
2: man, we've we've had a great round already, and I think we're just heating up. I know we've got a couple of really good ones coming up here.
1: Uh, our buddy William alicia wants to know, do you think Omega and Jericho will outperform Okada and Nato at Wrestle Kingdom 12? Also, thoughts on Conan no longer being with the Crash, and do I think it will affect his current run with Impact and his new role with Arrow Lucha? Um, Let's start with the New Japan. Um, Omega and Jericho, Okada and Nato, do I think it will outperform it? Uh, It it depends on the context. I, I, I think Okada and Nato will be a far better match. I think that Omega and Jericho is going to draw much more attention. I I don't know which way you want to look at it. Well, first
2: of all, you know, I want to give just another major shout out to my boy Will, man, he my right hand man. Me and him work side by side, making sure you get all your amazing features over in the Hami Media Group on Facebook. Uh, just a little plug here. If you're not over with us there yet. Make sure you check us out on Facebook. Hit that join button. Start jumping in with all of our great content. Uh, just, William, so important to everything we're doing over there. It, I really like how you answered this question here. Uh, coming in, you know, I, my first initial thought was there's no way in hell they let this outperform main event, Okada and uh, But But I like how you presented this, your twist on this. I think this could be shown as two completely different matches. You know, with Jericho and Omega, we could really get that sports entertainment aspect out of this. Uh, Were yes, it's and it, yes. It most certainly is probably going to garner more attention globally. Well, I'm saying, you know, you could present this thing in two different fashions, right? You could have Jericho Omega be more of your your sports entertainment because that's your selling point to the Western society. That's what they're used to, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Well, and on the other side of that, you have Okado and that that is going to be true to your Japanese style.
1: I'm curious how it's presented on Access TV. Because they're going to air it a couple of days after it airs live. And they're airing it for the Western audience. It wouldn't surprise me to see them cut this thing up and air Omega and Jericho as the main event. But it's not going to be the main event over in Japan, like, in the chronological order of the show. Um, as far as Conan uh, leaving the crash... That's a very, very interesting situation. So, Conan is still under contract with Impact Wrestling. He has uh, been, from the way things really sound, he's kind of been forced out of the crash. Uh, And it sounds like that is because he accepted the position at Lucha as their head writer. It sounds like it's just another political mess down in Mexico to me.
2: Well, uh, look... I guess I have a question within the question here. You know a lot more about this than I do. Why is is Conan, why does he move so often?
1: By all accounts, doing business with Conan is kind of like waiting to get stabbed in the back. It's going to be really, really good, and then something's going to happen, and it's going to go terribly, terribly wrong. That just seems to be his track record.
2: So why does he keep getting all these same opportunities. I mean it almost seems like to me like an NFL coaching job. You see a guy lose, 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 but he's always getting another chance
1: somewhere. Uh to me, he's he's kind of like Jimmy Johnson. You know, you you bring Jimmy Johnson in, you need to turn around the ship. You know he's a good coach. He's gonna do great things for the team. The only problem is he cannot get along with management to save his life.
2: Okay. So I it's almost I I have I really don't have any either way, uh I don't know opinion of the man. Uh, I always loved him as a character in the ring, but you know, business wise, you always hear that he's leaving. Things are going wrong here. So, is it almost like you're making a deal to devil? You know, it's gonna it's gonna work in the short term, but you're not gonna get over it in the long run.
1: Yep, that's that's kind of how it seems. That's kind of I I really had hoped that the crash was gonna be different because he had an ownership stake in it, but it was only a thirty three point three percent ownership stake. And the reality was between doing impact. And then doing Lucha, he didn't have time for the crash. So and he was, they forced was him out. He
2: kind of involved in the, uh... So it could be a lot of him just spreading himself thin. He's got too much stuff on his plate.
1: And it also sounds like at a certain point, Conan had a meeting with Dorian, who is the gentleman that runs AAA, behind the back of his other business partners at the crash. And that made them paranoid, so they forced him out. That's kind of how it sounds.
2: The guy's always on the move. He's pretty much like a sales shark.
1: He's always doing something. He's always doing something. So I think it's going to work out great for Errol Lucha, um, at least in the short term. I did see that they're bringing in Vince Russo to be a script consultant. That always worries me, just because it's vince russo but you know russo did some great things too
2: so well, you know what this this kind of i, I want to throw this out maybe for one of our fun topics uh in the locker room on monday let's start thinking about this let's start thinking about in this day and age uh maybe three or four people you'd like on your dream creative team Ooh, i know it's come up in a couple of our conversations over the last couple of episodes about you know creative minds and which way they're going. We've, we've already talked about a, a couple of minds with Cyrus on, on this show.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so let's think about that. Maybe that, that'll be like our fun opener on Monday. Uh, and then anyone out there listening, make sure you tune in to see who we got and let us know between now and then who you got as your three or four creative minds.
1: If you are Don Callis and you already have Conan under contract at impact, do you bring Conan in as a creative team member there? That would have been an interesting possibility had it not been for the Arrow Lucha deal. But
2: yeah, I, I think that would scare me, and his track record would kind of scare me. I, I don't know all the inner workings of what those contracts entail. Like how are you committed to just overall talent?
1: Yeah, because right now Conan only has any creative say in the LAX stuff.
2: Correct, and you can cut bait with him anytime. Now, now if he's more invested inside of everything else that's going on and you're worried about him just leaving and going somewhere with information like that, that would kind of worry me.
1: But, you know, Conan's kind of one of those people like Don Callis is right now where he, he likes to have a little bit in the pot over here and a little bit in the pot over here and then maybe a little bit over here. And I think they would be great minds if they would just focus on one thing.
2: Well, you know, it kind of reminds me, I don't know through any of our own business to under the bus, but and you recently been saying, hey, why can't we work for everyone?
1: Yeah, right. If you, if you want to syndicate our show, just shoot us an email at gmail.com. All money is accepted. Uh, our buddy Joe Mallard wants to know, is creative unintentionally trying to make Owens and Zane look like the victims? I don't think it's hey, unintentional. I, it. I think it's intentional.
2: Well, I, I want to say, uh, you know, first off, another shout out here to Joe Mallard. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed interacting with him over the last couple of weeks, especially since we started the, uh, I mean, uh, media discussion group. Always great takes, great conversation back and forth with him. As, as you're kind of saying, it's intentional. You know, to me, I see some major political undertones, you know, where people see them as a victim. You know, I'm one of those conservative types. I see them. You know, they remind me of Houseman and Satin just dancing around with each other, just trying to justify themselves and make their agenda that they are the victims.
1: I don't know, man. I I, I feel like Shane's going heel and I feel like Owens is going babyface. I feel like that's where this program eventually leads. And it's going to be your new Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mr. McMahon. Kevin Owens versus Shane.
2: I, I, I feel you on it.
1: Bill Cole was an ass kicker, a beer drinker,
2: just Hellraiser. Yeah, but he was You're also, he was, he
1: was an anti-hero above everything else. That I, I know. At its in, core.
2: I know, but in, in, in your modern age now, your anti-hero is a freaking snowflake.
1: It's going to be interesting, man. I don't know how this is going to work out. Your anti-hero is a
2: snowflake today.
1: I don't know how this thing's going to work out because I don't understand why we have to put all this emphasis on fifty-year-old Shane McMahon. But I, I, I feel like yeah, the story right now is much more about Shane. I love when they have political insane. undertones.
2: I love when there's real-world political undertones where you don't come out and just blatantly say it, but let people you you tug at those heartstrings. You know, coming from a marketing background, we, I can't remember which time we were talking about this any other day. Uh, I think it might have been our Taboo Tuesday conversation where are like, well, you just can't do things in market anymore. Well, it's actually opened more doors uh, where before you just could just sell to the sexy women. Now you have a whole market where you tell a girl that's 350 pounds, you know what? You're sexy. We're going to sell to you too. This sells all around to
1: me. We've got one question left on the run, but there's one question that's not on the run because we didn't know what the question was going to be yet. But now we do. Rick, how do you feel about Triple H bringing out the Golden Shovel in India to bury Jinder Mahal?
2: You know what's funny here? Uh, I am actually at this very moment over in the Hami Media Discussion Group uh, with our great friend Money MacGyver. Uh, A good friend of mine in... In the real world, but in kayfabe, he is probably he is. Oh man, man, me and him are like the the great. Like he is how how? What's like one of the greatest rivalries in professional wrestling? Flare and Steamboat. Okay, uh, I I have all the talent and skill of both of them, and I still have to rival with this D back. Uh, he's on the other side of the drink. You know, he thinks his country or whatever is so good over there. I mean, there's a reason we left over here. There's a reason we came over here and did it better. So uh, initially, just off the get-go, anything I do is better than him. So he needs to learn this. And he's over here asking a question in the group. Well, what's the point? Why would you not put him in? You know what? We don't know the point. Maybe maybe there's a grander plan. Maybe this is the time they realize that we could make gender a sympathetic. He, you could make him a real hero. And you have to have a humbling experience. So maybe this is the groundwork there. I'm not going to jump on the shovel thing. Triple H has to win some matches, right? I he guess, just can't come man. up and put everyone over.
1: I, can, I, I cannot believe that in India, Jinder Mahal went over Triple H and then, as a show of respect, bowed before the king in the middle of the fucking ring. No, to me that's
2: a humbling experience because they were both out there playing babies, and neither of us have seen the magic. No, and we
1: I'm and I'm sure really that's try, how I'm sure that's the story that they're trying to spin. Although I will say that I did pop because the moment to send everybody home happy is they taught Hunter how to dance, and so Hunter dances with Jinder Mahal and then he dances with one of the Singh brothers, and then he dances with the other Singh brother, and then in true Hunter faction, pedigrees that motherfucker and walks out the ring. I'm not, not going to totally bash it. Yes, I'm not going to totally okay, bash you, it, because it's the same it, thing Hunter's you, been doing you, for a decade. No, would you
2: be mad if, if it was maybe someone else besides Hunter? Would it even be that big
1: of an issue? I'm not even mad that Hunter pinned Jinder Mahal in India. I'm just baffled that it happened. You actually were calling that. You've yeah, been saying that. I certainly was. I, But I'm. every once in a while, I'm still astonished that I'm right.
2: I want to see where this is going. You know, everyone's like, it's a live event. You know, this is a little more than a live event. This is probably the most important live event since Brock Lesnar went on the network in Japan. Yeah, I would agree with that. So there's probably something else here. There's probably more to this thing. I, I don't want to just crap all over it right now. You know, if if Hunter actually goes down, come on, let's be real, man. It's still Jinder Mahal. Hunter goes down here, and we're going to see footage of this. There's there is, there's there's going to be PR footage everywhere because this is a huge moment for that. And now we got a rumored match with Kurt Angle at the Rumble and then Braun Strowman. Well, how the hell am I going to buy into that?
1: Fair enough. So what's what what's next for Jinder after AJ?
2: I would almost kind of do. Look, you know, maybe this is a humbling of him. You know, I, I don't know why they didn't do this from the get go. Why does he have to be a foreign heel?
1: Oh, I agree People with want that to everything.
2: You know, it, they probably fucked that up from the get go. They should have made him, hey, a, a uniter, not a divider, right? So maybe, and I always go back to, hey, I, I would love to see the direction that you've been constantly bringing up—that uh, he becomes maybe around season that guy that goes after Baron Corbin, who's like. The asshole everyone hates, and says, "You know what? I want to be. I actually, you know, I went the wrong way. I, I was underhanded. I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand all this this glory coming at me. But now I understand it. Like when I went home and saw the admiration for everyone, and now as I actually travel across this country, and people are telling me about how I transformed myself from being this this three man band. I, I, I know he can't say jobber, but from where I was, I was wrong." Uh, I want to be your U.S. champion. That's how you build some bridges, right?
1: Yeah, I, I could get down with that. I could get down with that, and it would cast him in the right role.
2: Right. It, let's unite our nations. Let's unite all people. I would be proud to be your U.S. champion.
1: Then the big question comes from Jersey Mike, and I. This question caught me so off guard because I hadn't even pondered that there was another answer to this question until he asked it. What match do you think closes the clash of champions? Rick, what match, what match do you think closes the clash?
2: I know you're going to get burning on this. So I want to lead it. It's not what I agree with,
1: but it is a match I would probably
2: put a hundred percent of my money down on. They're going to close with that tag match where you know what? I'll stop there and let you run, dude. I don't want to steal your heat.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? The pay-per-view is hey, called... actually, before you
2: to do this, I just want to say, I haven't even talked to you about this. I haven't even talked to you about this, but I know you're going to be hot on it.
1: The pay-per-view is called Clash of the Champions. This is the no only Clash match... This is the only match that doesn't have a championship on the line. Why in the hell would it be the main event? Did we learn nothing from Survivor Series? Everybody agrees in hindsight, AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar should have been the main event. We know that Jinder Mahal's best match that he's ever had in his life was against AJ Styles. We know that AJ Styles can have a four-star match with a broomstick because he's done it against Jinder Mahal and against Shane McMahon. And now we're going to headline with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura with all of the attention focused on a 50-year-old referee. That's the main event. Okay, coach really okay no
2: on this I, I think we all agree and hopefully they realize from their mistake at survivor series close with aj close with him giving the best match he's gonna put over anything you want there
1: no matter on, what man, you, you, you do go. if you have a match after aj and jinder mahal it's gonna be a disappointment because aj is that fucking good all right, so going back to this going back to our wrestlemania card think about this and
2: i realized that when i was writing mine down and I want to see how you did yours. We we gave very little love to SmackDown Live, and the reason is, their entire show is in shambles. If if you're not the, the WWE Championship is like a secondary story, and if you're not involved with the McMahon, you're not worth anything. There's not even worse stories to be told on it on that show.
1: Yeah, I, right now the star of the show is Shane McMahon, and the star of the show should be AJ Styles.
2: Well, in the biggest problem here what you're talking about this main event there's four incredible superstars in there that could put on a great match but they're going to book it around like you said a 50 something year old referee. Yeah,
1: it's not the way to not the way to showcase your brand. Right now, to me, Clash of Champions looks like a good episode of Smackdown without commercials.
2: Yes. It, 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 uh, you know what? I guess they could probably make you happy if Rusev Day walks out with the titles. You'll probably forgive them.
1: I would be happy with that result. That is for sure.
2: But I think the rest of that show is going to irritate you to no way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have absolutely no desire to watch that show live. Even if AJ
2: goes over, it's the ultimate sign of disrespect if you put him on second to last or you know first to last.
1: Well, and the thing is, I don't even care about AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal. The only thing that I care about is AJ Styles walking out with that title. Because if Jinder Mahal walks out with that title. The problem you don't
2: care about it? Because they haven't done anything before. If Jinder yeah, Mahal I, I, walks out with that title, this, I'm going
1: yeah. on strike.
2: I don't think that happens. I'm I, telling you. Right now, AJ has up so much. You know, and after last week's show, you and I talked about it.
1: We talked about what?
2: Well, oh, we were talking about you know last week. You you were so worried about the the treatment towards the McMahon program. So I'm hoping next week, when I'm actually in at SmackDown here in Cincinnati, that the focus is on the WWE Championship.
1: God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Uh, we're gonna record the locker room Monday episode coming up tomorrow. That's gonna be your news and notes for the week. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on this episode today, Rick? Man, I had a lot of fun. I, I hope we
2: get to do these a little more often, man. It was just kind of different than, than the usual rundown.
1: Yeah, and there were talk some about good about questions too. Hear. Good questions too. Keep those questions coming in. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely happy to do a mailbag episode if we have good questions like this. Absolutely. Uh, You can hit the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. You can find the show on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. You can also find Rick and I trolling over in the Hami discussion group all the time. Uh, If this is something that you guys like, I have no problem putting up a discussion thread for every episode. So just get at us. Let us know that that's what you want to do. As always, visit our friends over at thegorillaposition.com every day for all of your pro wrestling needs. You can find me across all social media platforms at notjargo. Rick, how do the stalkers find you?
2: As always at the real rbv on Twitter, and I, and I do want to throw out, you know, just always we do uh, anything over on Facebook at the Hami uh, Media discussion group, the discussion group. Always make sure you head on over to the actual website, the Uh but this week I'm pretty excited. We're going to have a lot of fun live content from myself uh, from Smackdown Live.
1: Looking forward to doing the live review. Also looking forward to the locker room coming up on the uh, Hacker Hameen media stream. You can find that at HackerHameen.Podbean.com. You'll find Rick and I on there Monday. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Point your fingers.
0: Enable me. Your I know your motive. I know of your kind. Break the couples that go stop getting down inside. Whoa! Situation is a classic cliche. You'll be draping the blame on me. I smell self righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go.